This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. The legal information presented on In Legal Terms is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information conveyed does not create any type of attorney-client relationship. Please consult an attorney provider before making any decisions about your specific legal questions. Welcome to In Legal Terms from MPB Think Radio. This is a show all about you and your rights. I'm Liz Gill. I'm here with Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. Hello, Professor Gershon. Good morning, Liz. And, and today we get to talk about taxes, so I'm excited. But I do have to remind our listeners that uh, you know, they may cause drowsiness. You know, they shouldn't operate heavy, heavy equipment while they're listening to this show. Um, and uh, But I... I like this topic, and I think it's important, so I'm glad we're doing it. Well, and we're going to have a broad show, so even if you've already filled out and turned in your taxes for 2020, keep listening, because maybe we'll give you a hint or a tip, and, and a little bit later, we want to hear specifically, we've got a listener question, so uh, hang on, and <laughs> and hang on, or use this as a podcast to put you to sleep at night, yeah, either way. <laughs> yeah, I know if, if, if my wife has trouble sleeping, she'll, she'll say, hey, you can talk about taxes now if you want to. And it uh, does seem to help. But, you know, um, uh, the things yeah, we want to talk about kind of current uh, situation, but also talk about some proposals. Uh, we have a new Congress and a new president uh, this year, and, and there are proposals to change the tax law. There are always proposals to change the tax law, it seems like. Uh, and uh, it keeps people like me in business. So, um, yeah, one of the, I think the first thing is we could talk about is the fact that because of the pandemic, uh, the return deadline has been extended to May 17th. So we wouldn't even really be talking about this last year or two years ago at this time because the returns would have already been due. Um, and uh, can you want to talk about some places where people can get help filing their taxes for free? I do. Uh, a number of people are not comfortable doing their own taxes. I know when we, I usually do my own taxes, but in the middle of the year, we moved from Kentucky to Mississippi one year, and I just didn't want to have to mess with it. So, you know, I took all of our stuff to an accountant to have them do it. But here are some places that folks can get help uh, having their taxes prepared by someone else, especially if they are low income, if they need assistance. Southern Bank Corp. Uh, Bank's curbside service is available Tuesdays and Thursdays, 9 to 4, at your local branch. So contact by email the in um, Clarksdale, Drew, Greenville, Hattiesburg, Madison, Picayune, Ruville, and Shelby. Mercy Housing Development in Gulfport, they're also helping people. Intergy has locations that can help you file your taxes in uh, Clarksdale and Shelby. The United Way is all over the state, and it's not one statewide charity. It's for Northeast Mississippi, Central Mississippi, Greater Jackson. They all have different names. So contact the organization that serves your area. The keyword you want to ask about is VITA, Volunteer Income Tax Assistance. 
if you or a friend has access to a computer, if you go to irs.gov and in the search area, type in VITA, Volunteer Income Tax Assistance, then you'll see find a location for free tax help. You can put in your zip code and about how far out you want to search, and you'll see a list of individuals who help for free prepare your taxes, uh, usually because if you meet an income threshold or an age, if you're elderly, AARP has some locations. But we'll have a lot of this information on our show notes for this podcast. But, you know, number one, check with the uh, United Way. Or if you are near a Southern Bank Corp, check with them. And remember, go to irs.gov and search VITA, V-I-T-A, and that will help you find a volunteer, a volunteer who will help you prepare your income taxes. This morning, we're talking about taxes in the minute, but also in the theoretical. You can send us an email. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. Dan from Columbus, we're so glad you've called in today. What's your comment or question about taxes this morning? Well, good morning. I I, uh, did my mother-in-law's taxes. She's a widow. About her husband passed several years ago, and when I did her taxes on TurboTax, it it came out with a standard deduction. Um, and then after I printed it all out, I saw there's another slip sheet, I guess, in the back, and it talked about a, a qualified widow deduction, which was about another ten thousand dollars. So I went back into TurboTax to make sure that I did check that she's a widow, and I did. Uh, but for some reason, it's still showing the standard deduction rather than the qualified widow one. And I was wondering if what was causing it to do that. Well, TurboTax is, a, you know, it is a uh, computer program. And sometimes they get it wrong. And I, I've had to also, I, I actually use TurboTax just because it's a good spreadsheet. And um, But sometimes I go in and, and manually change it. You know, I, you can do that. You can override what's in, in TurboTax if you know that you're doing the right thing. And I've done that before because it'll sometimes fight me on something that I know I can actually do. Um, and, you know, and I find it useful, but yeah, it's not the end, it's not the end all and be all. So make sure you do check on that. Um, and you can you don't have to just do what it tells you to do. By the way, TurboTax will do it for free if your income is below a certain amount. And I think that was something that that actually probably Congress worked out with the TurboTax people because they make a lot of money. And Congress at one point was talking about doing a free tax return for everybody. Uh, which probably is the way we should do it. You know, you have it set up that they have a site that you can go on and do it. But since these companies were already doing it, I think part of the deal was uh, you got to offer a free return for people of certain income levels. Uh, so uh, for those of you who haven't done your taxes, that might be an outlet as well. Uh, Liz mentioned VITA and um, the the federal government uh, has a, there's actually a rule that the IRS must calculate your taxes for you if you can't do it for yourself. Uh, and I think a lot of people don't know that, but that's why there's FIDA. So they, they obviously they they're not staffed to do it. So they they have volunteers to do it. So you got help out there. But yeah, don't uh, if you get an issue with TurboTax um, and the and you know you read the law and you know that you're in the right about something that's not doing right. It's usually pretty good. I'm not I'm certainly not bashing it, but there are a couple of times where 
Uh, I've had to go in and change something. Make sure it's updated too, because it, it, uh, they will update it as the law changes. Uh, and so it's just like any software, you gotta make sure it's updated. So I hope that helps. Well, what qualifies you as a qualified widow? Or is it, I mean, I just didn't, I guess I wasn't sure what, what if there's a, you know, uh, a threshold that would make you become one or one not one. Well, there might uh, there might be an income level, and that's the thing. I'm, I don't have that in front of me, and I, you, you'd be surprised. I really don't know all that stuff. So it's usually when it comes up, that's when I, I look it up and find out. Um, and so I would I would check that. I mean, I bet there's a way on the IRS website. Go to irs.gov. And it'll tell you when when someone is qualified, and I bet there's an income limit. So maybe that's what TurboTax is, is flagged on you. I mean, it could be it could be the TurboTax is absolutely right because those things typically phase out once somebody gets to a certain income level. My understanding of, of that special uh, deduction was really it was designed for when someone's uh, source of income disappeared. Uh, and maybe the the year of death there was a high level of income, but then in the you know after death there was not the same amount of income. It was a way to equalize that. So I would check that out. I don't have the answer off the top of my head, uh, but IRS.gov. If you if you check uh, widow deduction, widow and widows widowers deduction, I would I bet I bet it will be up there. And if you have a hard time reading some of the IRS regulations. If you want to rely on some of the TurboTax users, there's usually a little chat on the side where you can type in uh, a question and super users might give you an answer. And then if you have bought, I believe if you've bought TurboTax, then you can pay for assistance. Also, be sure to look for any little circles with a question mark on it that will give you some of the regulation and help you find out a little bit more about a definition of a particular object. And Dan, I hope that helps you with your mother's tax return let's and go, I do, go I, ahead I do, I do think i have uh, an answer now so this is where this is the beauty of uh of being able to look at the internet on the radio and to be dressed as i am today because nobody can see that i am very casual um to qualify for that deduction uh you had to have been filing jointly and the spouse in the year that he or she died uh you didn't remarry before the close of the year the spouse died you have a child stepchild or adopted child that uh is a dependent and you paid more than half the cost of maintaining your home. So I bet that um, child, so, yeah. uh, it, that child restriction, he didn't sound like a, a child or a dependent calling in about his mom. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that I think that may be it. And that's uh, that's probably why TurboTax kicked you out. So, you know, they know all those all those rules. And that's why, you know, computer programs can uh, really compile those things better than, than I can, for sure. You can send us an email with your questions, legalterms at mpbonline.org. We're talking today about taxes, but we're going to get to the specific, but then also the theoretical. So even if you've already filed, stay on and listen to us. And for getting your taxes, you can do it yourself or you can get some help. And I'm going to tell you some ways that you can do it yourself next. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio.
Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. is in legal terms. Not everyone has a chance to listen to our show live. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show in legal terms.mpbonline.org. It's also available on the MPB Public Media app as are all our local shows. I'm Liz Gill. I'm here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. This morning, we're talking about income taxes from the minutia, but to the theoretical. If you want to file your taxes yourself, the IRS has some options. If you type in Google IRS free file and click on the link that takes you to the IRS free file page, you're then presented with an option. If your income is $72,000 and below, you have a button that you can click to choose an IRS free file offer. If your income is $72,000 above, you can use free file fillable forms. And this would be for someone who knows how to fill it out yourself you don't need the guidance, but it'll use a calculator to help you put in your information. You can't get to a state filing through this, though. So you can look through the IRS free file. It provides free online tax preparation and filing options on IRS partner sites and it's for uh, individuals whose adjusted gross income is $72,000 or less. And this is what they had to change, I guess, a couple years ago because some of the major tax prep software people, they, their link that would go to their page for the free file wasn't really free. They would kind of uh, subvert you and stick you to a place to be charged. But I think in the last couple of years, they've gotten to where it actually does take you to the free file option uh, for that. Um, so we're, we're talking about filing your 2020 state income taxes. Um, so, uh, Professor Gershon, for those who haven't done it yet, what about uh, Mississippi? Uh, is did what did that Mississippi do with their tax date? Well, our tax date in Mississippi is also extended to May seventeenth to uh, work with the federal government. And Mississippi, if you you know, you're really your your federal tax return is uh, it feeds into your Mississippi return, so they really are tied together. Not every state has done that, so you have to make sure that you're not. If you have income in a state that does didn't allow that extent that um, extension of the on-time filing, that you get an extension. Uh, now, Mississippi will, and the federal government will give you an automatic extension 
to October 15th if you ask for one. Uh, so when you when we look at that April 15th deadline, and if you say, look, I need more time, they will give you more time. Uh, but that doesn't mean you have more time to pay your taxes. That's really important. The April 15th usual deadline, the May 17th deadline this year, is just to file the return. The paying of taxes is due, actually, you're really supposed to have paid a good percentage of your taxes by the end of 2020 and not well into 2021. And they can assess penalties and interest if you don't pay um, you know, the right amount of taxes in 2020. So be careful about that. It does not extend your time to pay. And I think a lot of, a lot of times people are confused by that. We have gotten caught on that. Um, before kids went to college, we used to have some investments and had some investment income. And if you don't have that withheld, it could be a bit of a surprise that you hadn't paid enough during the year. And then I think when we had a a tax change, I had not changed a, I guess it's the W. Four that you have with your employer on how much you have withheld. And so, you know, we kind of got a, a, a bit of a shock because we hadn't had enough withheld. And, you know, that's something to review every so often. And independent contractors, especially if you are someone who doesn't have taxes withheld, you should be paying a portion Ratably, there's a way to do that with estimated tax payments. They try to make it easy by giving you quarterly estimates that you can pay the IRS. There's also a way just to pay online if you want to just pay a chunk at, you know, at a time so you're not in that position where you're paying penalties. But, yeah, that extension of time to file does not extend your time to pay, and that has caught uh, many people. So I'm glad we, glad we got a chance to talk about that. I also am a producer for Money Talks, and have you know pay attention to a lot of money matters and everyone's really been talking about this child tax credit and the change from that congress made to it tell us something about this right, well that, that's something that happened in march of this year uh and uh, we we uh have taught we've had an earned income credit uh, for a while which is uh and you know when people have below a certain level of income they actually get a refundable credit on their taxes to help them and to help people that uh in, that could be in a poverty under the poverty line then uh, in march of this year congress passed something called the american rescue plan and the idea is to cut child poverty in half and and it's a one-year expansion of the child tax credit um and it's really designed, especially in, in low-income areas, people that are uh, socioeconomically more challenged, usually affects uh, people of color at a greater extent. Um, and it, it is a regular direct payment that helps family afford, afford the cost of ra uh, raising children. And the idea is really to have an impact on, on poverty. We've heard a lot about wealth and inequality in this country. And this is a, a step in the direction that Congress has taken to, in essence, expand a, a refundable credit, uh, which becomes almost like a, a, a guaranteed income payment. Some countries have guaranteed income payments. Uh, this is only for this year. It's only you know, because, largely because of the pandemic uh, and trying to deal with the issues of, of you know, ch child hunger and, and uh, you know, that kind of uh, that poverty that affects children at such a level, high level. And since it is based on income, this would seem to be one where the benefit goes to those who need it, not a benefit that incidentally goes to individuals who don't need it. 
That's correct. I mean, it is definitely based on uh, based on income levels. Um, joint filers making up to one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Single head of household making up to one hundred twelve five. Uh, you know, so and a lot of these families do have uh, single parent homes, and, and so that would be that that level. Single filers uh, making up to seventy five thousand uh, dollars take full advantage of the periodic payment, uh, and it's a very positive change from the current law because um, it, it actually then will make sure that uh, people can uh, you know, feed their children, take care of their children, especially in the pandemic when so many people are struggling right now. Um, and you don't have to be employed to receive the benefit. The, the earned income credit requires that a person actually have earned income. This does not. So how much uh, will an individual get? Well, if you earn less than one hundred twelve thousand five per year, or are married and your household income is less than one fifty per year, you'll receive thirty six hundred dollars per child under six years old. All right, so it, you know that the, the bigger amounts are for the children that are the ages those really important ages between birth and six years old, and three thousand per child uh, age six to seventeen. Um, and then families will receive about $300 per child uh, for children under six and 250 per child uh, between ages six and 17 for each periodic payment. So they'll be, you know, coming out rateably over the year. So if you have one child age seven, you'll receive 3000 over the course of a year or 250 per month. Um, and the cash benefit, though, begins to reduce by $50 for every $1,000 of earned income, higher income families who previously qualified are still qualified for $2,000 child benefit for individuals making up to $200,000 and joint filers making up to $400,000, uh, meaning that they'll not receive less than they did under current law. So a lot of the phase outs, we're going to talk about some of these proposals in the tax code, really where we start to phase out some of these benefits, these tax uh, reductions that occurred in 2017 uh, at, with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. We're actually going to phase those out at income levels above four hundred thousand. So it really only affects the you know the very wealthy. Uh, I would say. I mean, I think that's that's the debate is when do you become wealthy? But four hundred thousand dollars or more, typically, uh, you know, people with that kind of income are in pretty good shape. It is very interesting when someone from Mississippi talks or compares lifestyle to someone say in New York City. I used to live in Chicago and had a $1,000 a month apartment, but that was in the 90s, whereas now it would probably be a $5,000 a month apartment, whereas here it might be a $700 a month apartment. And to when people in Mississippi think of someone who makes $400,000, well, you could have a mansion if that was your annual income in Mississippi, but in some of the higher income cities, that might be scraping by. And I mean, a large number, percentage of Americans live in those cities, but they don't have you know great you know, the kind of income necessary to to have a, a you know quality of life there that uh, that we we're lucky to have in Mississippi for lower income levels, honestly. Uh, but uh, so, you know, in, in uh, major cities, the cost of housing, uh, the cost of uh, utilities is, is much higher. And, and so that was uh, so th these numbers are based you know, on, on those as opposed to uh, um, lower income levels that are, you know, are needed in, in other parts of the country. 
So if an individual was used to not filing an income tax return because maybe they didn't have income, this would not be the year to not file, right? That's correct. And that, that was true with the with uh, the pandemic as well, with the, the payments that came from the government to help people during the pandemic were really, uh, you, you know, you needed to file a return. That was important because that's how they're going to base whether you get this payment or not. And they're, and they're automatic, just like the, the stimulus checks were. Uh, you know, once they know what your income level is and if you've got it tied to your bank account, that'll just that'll show up in your bank account as it did uh, for people who, who got those stimulus checks. And so, um, you know, it, it, it's we we're all in in this situation together. We hope to be out of it soon. But, you know, it's it's good that we're as a country taking care of each other. That's important. We'd love for you to call us with your questions or email us. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. We're talking about income taxes, but here, let's give you something to think about. What tax changes would you initiate if you were in charge? If you could tell your representative and your senator what changes to make, what would you ask them to make? What do you think needs to be changed? For getting your taxes filed, if you want to do it yourself, which software should you pick? I'm going to give you some tips next. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. I'm Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advisory and co-host of Money Talks. Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. Hey there, it's David Green. You know, there comes a time when you've just got to let go of that old vehicle. Maybe it has lots of great memories, but it's also maybe just taking up space. And selling it can be such a hassle. So here's one thought. Let this station take that vehicle off your hands. Proceeds from the sale benefit this station, and you could get a tax break. Thanks. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. Listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Professor Richard Gershon is our expert host. I'm Liz Gill. 
We hope that you'll subscribe to our podcast. So many different podcasting platforms. I happen to use Podcast Addict. If you have an Apple phone, you've already got one on your Apple device. You download it to your phone, touch a plus. That takes me to a page to search for podcasts. Man, there are thousands of podcasts on anything. It's just recorded audio. I typed in in legal terms in the search area. It brought up in legal terms, and then I'm able to touch the photo, and then I can subscribe so I'm notified when any new episodes are loaded up. This morning, we are talking about those pesky income taxes, but we also want to hear if you were in charge, if you ran the zoo, what would you initiate? What would you like tax changes you would like if you were in charge? Now, some of the most popular software makers, there's about four of them, TurboTax, H&R Block, Tax Act, and Tax Slayer. They each have a free version, a deluxe or classic version, a premier version, and a self-employed version. I'm going to include two different software reviews, one from NerdWallet and one from CNET, on the notes for this show, they seem to think some are diff- better for different situations, and uh, you can be the judge of that while reading those different reviews. We have a couple of calls. Let's go to Bobby in Pedal. Bobby, thank you so much for calling in to In Legal Terms today. What's your comment or question about taxes? About Fifteen years ago, we inherited a house and property that was valued. Didn't have it appraised, but it was valued somewhere between sixty and eighty thousand. Rented it out over the years, and then last year spent thirty-five thousand dollars renovating it and sold it for a hundred and fifteen. Where does that leave us in income tax? Are we obligated to pay any tax on that? All right, so you paid, you get, you inherited it. You, you, I, one thing you need to know is you do need to know what it was worth at the time of death because that would be when you inherited it. That would be what we call your basis, right? And then any improvements that you made would be um, added to that basis, and, and that's what will offset any gain that you have. Because it's not your personal residence, you don't get a special exclusion that um, that people who sell their personal residence get. But the question I would have to ask is because since you were renting it out were you depreciating it? Because if you depreciate it, then that that will ultimately reduce your basis. Um, and and so if you depreciated it fully, you would have to report all of the, the amount you got for the sale as gain. So that's something I think you need to talk to an accountant to see if, if, you, were, if you were taking depreciation. And by the way, if you were renting it uh, and you were entitled to depreciation, uh, the government will reduce your basis on the amount that you were al- that was allowable, not necessarily the amount you took. Um, and so you want that's why I think you're going to need somebody to help you reconstruct this and see what what depreciation you would take in them. You know, so you might have to pay some gain on it. Uh, it might if you uh, if you did not actually take depreciation, it would all be capital gain. Um, and then, uh, and, and you'd have to pay tax on that. But I, I would talk to an accountant, someone who can help you with your specific situation. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, make sure though, if you, I, I, if you are, if you have rental property, other people who are listening, you're allowed to take depreciation deductions on that rental property. Yeah. All right, then it's not as simple as I was hoping. I wish it, I wish it uh, could be. 
Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Bobby. We appreciate you calling in. Let's now go to Marcus in Gulfport. Marcus, thank you so much for calling in to In Legal Terms today. What's your comment or question about income taxes? Uh, well, um, you guys touched earlier on the child income tax credit, and I heard that in part of that, that same bill, we got uh, improvements to the earned income tax credit as well. So I filed my taxes early this year before that bill went into effect, and I have been trying to determine whether or not I have to file an amended return to claim the earned income tax credit or not. Well, you shouldn't have to file, if, if, since it's based automatically on your tax return, the earned income tax credit, as well as the uh, the, uh, the child tax credit. I don't think you'd have to, but you know, in an abundance of caution, I don't think it would hurt. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't take because that way you can update it to just kind of trigger to them that you you are claiming it. You're claiming the higher amount for the earned income tax credit that was increased in March. I mean, one of the things that Congress knows this is a fluid situation. It's one that we've never really been in before. But these, these uh, changes that took place in March um, are retroactive to the beginning of the year. And so uh, they will apply for your income based on your 2020 return. So I, there, you can file a 1040 amended return X, and that, that really shouldn't take you much time at all. And I think I, I would do that. You know, since this is a new situation for all of us, I would do that. I don't think you need to. But I would, I would, I'm always one of those people that says belt and suspenders, why not? Why not do both? Yeah, just be safe. All right. Just to be safe. Um, I mean, that, that, it's really been getting to me that nobody has been talking about the earned income tax credit at all. Um, and both got increased. You know, well, I think thing- that's a great point. And I think partly because the child tax credit is such a big change. Uh, that and it, it's really the, you know it, it is beyond the earned income credit. It is you know payment that takes us towards some of the things that are done in other countries are guaranteed payments. It's not permanent, uh, uh, so it won't happen next year. But I think I think it was such a big difference that that's why people are focused on the child tax credit as opposed to the earned income tax credit, which the amount is different, but the concept is still the same. And I think that's why you're not hearing that much about it. And Liz, you were going to say something. I'm sorry. Well, one of the things I love to follow is the I, at IRS news on Twitter. They have some really cute tweets. And one thing they have is they have tweeted, if you filed your tax return reporting unemployment compensation, Before recent changes made by the American Rescue Plan, the IRS will correct the amount in any resulting overpayment of tax will either be refunded or applied to other outstanding taxes owned. But every time I've seen a tweet, they have specifically said unemployment compensation before recent tax changes made by the American Rescue Plan. I haven't heard them say that to single out the child tax credit or the earned income tax credit. So, Mark, no, in, Marcus, in fact, I hope that the, helps. I'm sorry. sorry. Go ahead. If you go to the IRS website, um, they even say, I mean, this just happened in March, so it takes them time to get this information out, and they are they say 
kind of check back with us in a way and go to the coronavirus uh, site that they have because they're still trying to figure this out. So sorry to interrupt, Liz. Oh, no, that that's good. So, uh, Marcus, we hope you have good luck finding more information about that. We're talking about taxes, the tax changes. What would you propose as part of the tax changes if, if you ran the zoo, if you got to make the decision? So, Professor Gershon, uh, what are some proposed tax changes that Congress would like to make? Well, listen, and I, and I want to preface this by saying a lot of these were going to happen anyway by 2026, even under the the, the uh, tax law that came out uh, in 2017 for 2018, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Uh, there were sunset provisions. And so the reductions that occurred in rates, both at the estate tax and the income tax, were scheduled to sunset in 2026, and they were actually going to be phased out. So these are not as dramatic as people might think they are. But the top federal income tax rate would increase from 37 percent to the pre-2017 rate of 39.6 percent, so not a huge change. And that would primarily affect people uh, who have uh, uh, income in excess of 400,000. Remember, that's taxable income in excess of 400000 I think people uh, misunderstand that, too, because it doesn't mean if I earn $400,000 before I take any deductions, before I get to put money in my retirement account or anything like that, we're talking about after you do all that, after you take all those deductions, you still have 400000 in taxable income, then your rate would increase to 39.6%, uh, whereas right now it's at 37%. Uh, corporate rates... Uh, a lot, there are a lot of talk about this because the corporate rates were reduced to 21%. The idea was try to encourage more corporations to, to keep uh, their offices and, to, and their, their uh, you know, headquarters in the United States and not move overseas. Um, that rate would raise from 21% to 28%. Those of you that have small businesses, uh, many people moved into corporate form. Uh, because of the changes in 2017, might want to reconsider if you're starting a company, whether that's the best form or whether an LLC is, that you need to talk to an advisor about that. So that will affect some, some choices. Uh, and there'll be a 15% alternative minimum tax that will apply to uh, corporate book income of $100 million or higher because we hear stories still, even at, especially after 2017, of a lot of corporations who ultimately, if they're really really uh, well off, don't pay any taxes. So this would have any income over $100 million or higher. There'd be an alternate tax of 15%, so they'd at least pay something. And I understand we have a call waiting. We do. We're going to call, talk with James, who has called in from Alabama today. James, thanks so much for calling into In Legal Terms today. What's your comment or question about income taxes? My question is... um Someone has stolen stolen my identity up in Michigan, and I never been to Michigan. I went to Michigan, but they have drew over five thousand dollars of unemployment in my name, and I got the documents. They sent me the documents now to Alabama, to my address in Alabama, and um. Like I said, I've never been to Michigan, but I think it must be an inside job or something because I don't see how they can do this. And the frog people smile. The question is, my frog 
people up there in Michigan told me do not file my taxes now because the information I got, they sent it to the uh, IRS. They told me don't file so they um, get to the bottom of it, but it's been months ago and I can't contact them and I'm not hearing nothing from them. You know, I'm sorry you're going through that. I, I would talk to the IRS. I mean, they, you know, they really do try to be helpful. I know sometimes people have uh, – it can be tough to get uh, in touch with them sometimes, but it's worth doing because they will be helpful once you get them. And it's better – it's like any anybody. You want to get on there. You want to get in the information. I'll put the information in that this is happening and um, and talk you through it about what you need to do, especially if it's, you know, your, your stimulus check or your, you know, uh, the earned income credit, everything else is tied now to uh, to that tax return. Um, it's important that you at least talk to them. And, and I would I would let the people in Michigan do whatever they're doing, but I would talk to the IRS and tell them what happened, and they'll tell you what you need to do next, And that because they've, they've dealt with this situation before. Yes, sir. That's what I thought about uh talking to them, but I was listening to y'all on the radio and I decided to ask for your advice. James, good yeah. luck with that. I know Jay White hosts uh, Everyday Tech on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. And how many times have we talked about fraud and people getting your information, Jay? Absolutely. It's it's the biggest cybercrime going these days, that and um, um, people holding up uh, school districts and things like that, uh, kind of cyber hacking thing like that. It, it, it's your, your digital information. It's so important to keep it safe and to not let folks see your passwords, try to change your passwords. And what was into you if you, if you just happened to be picked as one of the 400 million email addresses yeah. from Yahoo that uh, your information gets stolen? I did want to. I, I hope he finds a way. You know, uh, you know, go talk to the IRS people. The IRS people are notoriously hard to get to. Uh, I, I do hope that he finds a way to get to them. He might have to wait long hours on the phone uh, and still without resolve. So hopefully, hopefully he gets through to them. Thank you, James. Yeah, that's a great point. And the one thing he could do is write them. And that may be the more effective way. Just kind of yeah. just tell them what happened in writing and send it to the IRS uh, local uh, for our area. And um, and you can find that address on uh, IRS.gov. So that may be a more effective way to at least let them know what's going on. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just want to make sure that, you know, there are more than one way to get in touch with them. Well, we're going to take our last break. We'd love to take your questions on our email address, legalterms at mpbonline.org. few minutes left to take your phone calls. Where else besides MPB and in legal terms can you get tax tips? I've already slipped the little information in earlier, but I'm going to tell you again. This is In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio.
This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. We're so glad that you're listening to In Legal Terms. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show in legalterms.mpbonline.org. It's also available on the MPB Public Media app, as are all our local shows. I'm Liz Gill here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. At 11 a.m. Central on Tuesdays following our live show, you can hear Southern Remedy, Relatively Speaking, with Dr. Susan Buttress on MPB Think Radio. Are you on Twitter? The account at IRS News has some very cute, has some very helpful tweets reminding filers about your taxes and maybe a suggestion you hadn't thought about. We've got three calls to finish out the show. One thing that I would like to mention, Professor Gershon, you know, we were talking about the corporations that don't pay income tax. I took accounting and school and they stress the difference between tax evasion and tax avoidance. Evasion means you're doing something illegal. Avoidance means you're playing by the rules and you're finding the legal loopholes. And it's up to the lawmakers to figure out when someone is exploiting a loophole and plug it. And that's why, what do we say, tax law is written in pencil. Sure. And that's why people hire people like me to help them minimize their tax exposure. That's the whole point. Let's go to Peter in Mobile. Peter, thanks for calling in to In Legal Terms today. What's your comment or question? Yes, thank you uh, for taking my call. Uh, way back in 2014, I missed including a 1099-R on my return. It concerned rolling my 401K over to both a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA. I didn't take a distribution, so it, it didn't affect the amount of tax I owed in 2014. Uh, however, I was using TurboTax, and it did not generate the Form 8606 for the first year of my Roth to establish my basis. Uh, in 2019, I converted some of my traditional IRA to a Roth and established the proper basis. Uh, my question is, should I go back and try to fix the omission in 2014 or let it ride? If I should fix it, how should I do that? I think it's too late to do an amended return. Well, and, and the year is closed, and, and so 2014, because of the statute of limitations, they won't go back and reassess that. And it sounds like it's kind of no harm, no foul. It's just a matter of making sure you have the right basis. I would just keep just good bookkeeping, good good record keeping of what happened in 2014. So that if you were ever questioned, and, and you probably won't be, uh, when you start taking the money out of the Roth and want to take it out you know, tax-free as you're entitled to, um, that you just have you have records to show that you're entitled to take that money out tax free. So I think you're you're probably fine as long as you just keep your records. Oh, thank you so much for that. That's a big relief. Uh, one comment I'd like to make on how to fix taxes. I, I, I support the uh, making the uh, 
capital gains, uh, just income, and, and, and cutting out a lot of this complexity. I know they'll say it'll discourage investment. I don't believe that. Uh, so I think it should be done. Thank you again for your help. Thank you, Peter. We appreciate you calling in. Let's go to Mamie in Oklahoma. Go ahead, Mamie. Thanks for calling in to In Legal Terms. Thank you. Uh, I have a question on income tax return. Um, I had a friend of mine. I have filed already, but I had a friend of mine who had, I did my own. She went to a CPA, and she said that there was something in the uh, care package that was for a um, refund for uh, people who own Social Security. Uh, do you know anything about that, a $1,000 uh, package? Well, I think I think that um, what you're talking about probably is the uh, the fact that there was a credit. If she didn't, if she, did she get a stimulus check? Uh, yeah, because I need to know that because yes, there is a credit. Yes, she did. She did. Yeah, and I think I think what they're doing is they're giving back some of that that money. But that's you know that again is something that's new to me, and I'd have to look it up. Um, I think people are. I, I was talking to Liz about my exams I'm giving right now. They're open book, open note because. I think lawyers and, and accountants who practice in a world that's closed book are committing malpractice, and we don't know everything. And so, there, you know, there are a lot of nuances and a lot of different parts of the tax code. And, you know, what um, Liz calls me an expert, all that means is I know where to look. You know, I know where to look it up. So I don't, I don't know why she would do that. I, I think they probably, um, probably understand that because there was a lot that came out in this, this uh, tax bill that uh, – uh, you know, I'm seeing right now. I, I, the courses I teach are corporate tax, so I know I, I know the corporate tax rules. I haven't kept up as much with the individual tax rule. Sorry, Mamie, that we weren't be able to uh, provide more information about that. Every individual's tax return is different. Uh, maybe there was something that your friend had different from you. We've got about. 30 seconds left. Professor Gershon, what would you change if you were in charge? Well, I like, I like taking complexity out of the code. I think one thing I would change is that we don't change the rules every year. You know, honestly, that's it, it becomes the, the exciting game without any rules, and you get questions like the last call where things have changed, and it's hard to keep up with for everyone. And if the expert, quote, experts are having trouble keeping it up, then the average person absolutely will have trouble keeping up. And at some point, the game becomes rigged in favor of people who can afford people to help them as opposed to people who don't have that. So I think we left it alone for a while. We'd all be better off. Maybe people would feel better about contributing their tax money to the support of the community if it wasn't Sadad Gumhard. Thank you for Professor, Professor Gershon. That's going to wrap us up for today's In Legal Terms. We're so glad that we've got Jay White here who chimed in and who's been in control of our show. So for Professor Richard Gershon, who hosts from the University of Mississippi School of Law or his dining room, I'm Liz Gill, but we hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central for In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.